Welcome to the Bro CR Supercast. It's like a podcast, but also super cool. Now let's dive into the mud and see what's going on this week in the world of obstacle course racing. And welcome to the Supercast episode eight. Woo woo! How are you doing, Jacob? Jacob's tired today. <laughs> so am I. Um, this is Leah Hensley, this is Jacob Bosecker over there, obviously, and we are bringing you the next episode. So How's tell it? me about your weekend. My weekend, um, pretty, pretty classic Jacob Bosecker. I'm no longer. No longer have a sinus infection, and I went out to Brown County and shattered like 30 miles just prepping for New Jersey. Um, out, in the, out in the rain, out in the, snow, uh, the crap and the thunderstorms that we've got here in Indiana. Um, but I was like the only person on earth this weekend not racing. Uh, yeah, because there was races everywhere to be had. They were everywhere, and we're going to talk about them right here, right now. Um, before we get going into this, uh, obviously, this is the Bro CR Supercast. Um, if you guys want to drop us a review down below, that'd be great. We'd greatly appreciate it. Uh, a lot of great reviews coming in here. And we're just about having a good time and talking about the sport of obstacle course racing. True story. So, yeah, drop us a review. Give us some stars. We like five of them. And, uh, you know, just help us keep going. We're having a good time with it thus far. And we're actually starting to pick up some traction with some new... Uh, fun projects we're going to be talking about hopefully later this week and next week possibly yeah we'll hopefully have some new exciting news for you guys so stay tuned for that yeah good stuff um so anyway what do we want to talk about east coast or west coast we've got we could start in the middle and talk about savage (laughs) we could do that (laughs) split the difference so savage houston was this weekend savage houston was this weekend um but let, let's get right here to the bread and butter of this. Uh, everybody was in Seattle. Yeah, yep. Seattle was, 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 I think, the winner. We had major races in Houston, in Seattle, in Atlanta, and in New York. Yep. Um, but it seems like the big dogs were, were all up in Seattle. Getting cold. Cold, big dogs. Cold and muddy and gross. So I just watched the live feed of this race. So... Um, we are now at um, race number three of the national series. Yep, three fifths of the way through um, here, guys. Yep, so we're we're on the down, you know, more than halfway at this point. So um, I will admit, I have I did not watch the the not live feed, the you know after feed of race number two. I watched race number one live, and then I didn't watch race number two. Um, but I did sit just now and watch race number three. And I have to say, I'm really impressed with the production. The production it. quality and waiting a day after is, like I talked about earlier in one of our earlier episodes, um, mm-hmm. I don't want to sit there for a four-hour live broadcast. Well, yeah, me don't. either. But we still got to see the full race. Yep. Um, and so, you know, one thing that I really like I don't know about you, Jacob, but I know me personally, when I've raced Spartans, I know there have been many times when I've been, you know, pseudo lost, but, you know, not really lost, but 
out in the woods, doing these crazy climbs and wondering to myself, dear God, how do these elites do it? Are they walking like me? Are they running? Like, what are they doing and what's it like to race like them? And this live or, you know, this feed that we have going now, I think does a phenomenal job really showing people what it takes to be a true elite OCR athlete. You know, and giving it that extra day, because let's face it, beforehand, I always felt when they were doing the NBC specials at weird hours, like 11 o'clock at night, it was fun, Mm -hmm. but it never really got that in-depth because we were busy telling specialty stories, or we never got to see technique exactly see something positioned way in the middle of the woods and then you wait three weeks later three weeks to you know two months later in a lot of cases and then go mm-hmm. back and watch like snohomish whereas here it's like the next day we've already got it wrapped up with a package on it here you go mm-hmm. and we've got people out in the middle of nowhere where you can have a two-hour live broadcast and show some of that so show those strides yeah. and show those moves i think it was awesome you know just just watching the technique you know, yeah, we've seen all the elites do the rope climb and the yep. car go. You know, your your standard obstacles that they put at the end of a race. But seeing them do even something simple like an eight-foot wall where I personally struggle, but being able to watch these other women and seeing, you know, the techniques that they use and watching them do things like, you know, how they crawl through the barbed wire and what kind of techniques yep. they use there, even just navigating some of that terrain, like, it was really cool to watch it as an athlete. Um, I was I was pleased. You know, I've really been impressed with it so far this year. I'm really excited to actually have some time this weekend and hopefully this week to sit down and finally watch through that full episode. Um, I've just mm-hmm. been so underwater this week with trying to get my mileage back to where it needs to be after the sinus infection. And I've got horrible mileage after this, actually. As soon as we're done with this call, I've got to go out and run more. Um, <laughs> all prepping for New Jersey. Hopefully, Hopefully that goes yeah. well here in a few weeks. Oh, I'm sure it will. Um, so let's talk about the race okay. itself. Um, you know, on the men's side, um, you know, we had big things, you know, expecting big things out of some top players. You know, you had the three Ryans going into it. A lot it. of shake-up in it, yeah. Um, yeah, VJ's coming in hot. VJ, who's made no qualms about saying, you know, he missed the first race, so he's not in contention to win it, but he just want to, you know, he just wants to go and, have some fun and shake things up. But by golly, he's shaking things up now. He is. So I'm sure the other top pros aren't so fond of of him, you know, messing around in there. But, you know, know, it's good for him. You know, and I'll say this. So at the beginning of this race, we had Woodsy coming out and the Ryans and everything. Like, Mm -hmm. it's it's the sport of Ryans this year. Um, Yeah, it seems to be. We've got Ryan Kent, Ryan Atkins, Ryan Woods, and Ryan Kempson. Yep. And they're they're all great. All phenomenally gifted athletes. Um, Absolutely. Woods eventually uh, pulled himself out of the race with a hamstring injury. Yeah. So let's let's just say it here. Woods, we love you. <laughs> Let it go, buddy. Woods ain't going to win the point <laughs> series this year. Um, no. And that's, that's okay. He's still going to – I saw a post on Instagram from him talking about how he wants to turn this into a reason, not a, not a standing point kind of thing. Like – Right. Um, I mean, I don't, I don't want to be the Debbie Downer here, but you know, I think personally he should have stopped after the first one. But you know, it, it'll be interesting to see what he does now. He can still. When's the first Mountain Series kickoff? That I, I can't remember right now off the top of my head. But is it Jersey? Is Jersey in the Mountain? No, Jersey series? isn't. The, the first Jersey is not in the Mountain Series. 
Hmm. Oh, that's right. I think the second it's one. The second is. one. Is. So you know, we'll see. Maybe he'll. Maybe he'll he throw may. his hat in the ring for that. He may. It's not a bad uh, idea. Yeah. So anyway, so the race took off, and you had your typical, you know, leader pack. Um, but in watching the race, so Ryan Atkins pulled out to a pretty decent lead. You know, pretty pretty early on in the race you know, the beginning, I don't know, quarter of the race or whatever. And he held on to a decent-sized lead for, for quite some time. You know, and in a race like this, where it's um, soupy and nasty conditions and stuff yeah. like that, Ryan really does do a great job of, of really cleaning the pack here. We had him on oh, last yeah. week, and that's really a great strong point for him. That's, that's where he trains. That's what he loves, and he makes no qualms about it. Yep. But then with about, you know, a couple miles left in the race, here comes VJ surging ahead. Yep. Um, and catches Ryan, catches him, and they are neck and neck for the you know for the final several obstacles of the race. Yep. And you know, I don't think I've ever seen somebody really push Ryan um, like that out of that, nowhere. Like that, you know. And but he held on. I mean, Ryan's Ryan's not fooling around, and it was really cool to watch the race go down. Like when they were navigating some of that terrain and some of those, you know, the, that the, that soupy mess, Ryan is a very strategic racer. Very calculated. And there were many times, yes. Every very calculated. Foot he landed, every foot that came down, it was with purpose. Yep. And, you know, you would see VJ trying to sneak around him and try to make a move, and Ryan just stayed, you know, half a step ahead of him um, at one point, it was funny. It's almost like Ryan brake checked VJ. Um, he just kind of stopped, like stuttered real quick, and it was just enough to force VJ to kind of like, whoa, put the brakes on and stopped his momentum. And then Ryan, you know, shot off like a slingshot. So I mean, that was pretty cool to watch. It's a uh, but oh, yeah. And then out of nowhere, Kent. Yeah, Kent. So um, it was kind of. Um, eye-opening to see some of these men failing obstacles. VJ fell, that, and that's why he was behind. Yep. VJ fell off the Z-wall, as did Ryan Kent, and that's when Ryan Adkins took the lead. Prior to that, they were all kind of neck and neck. Um, but seeing these men fall off the Z-wall, and then later, um, I think, uh, maybe it was Luna Lima, fell off the monkey bars. Um, you know, you really see how the slippery weather, you know, played into it. And that was when Ryan Kent made his surge and was able to break away from the pack. Because up until that point, it was neck and neck. You know, this race is just a really cool race, first of all. I, I got the, the chance to do this one last year. And the field that they go around, it's cold. It's, yeah. um, but it's one of those things you look out there, you're like, okay, this big old soupy mess right now, this is my life. And I've just got to cruise. Yep, embrace it. Um, and so then, yeah, and we saw that happen. We saw these men, like, I mean, they would, it, it was cold, too. I think the announcer said it was, like, 40 degrees. Yep. And they're shirtless in waist-deep, chest-deep water and yep. plugging ahead. That's, you know, the only thing that the big difference last year with last year's course is we didn't have that waist-deep water. At the one yeah, there was a lot of water on the course. There was a time. lot of water on the course. But I will say this, though, last year's course, in the middle of that field, we had a really sizable barbed wire crawl. That Yeah, this one didn't seem that yeah, impressive. The, the barbed wire crawl was all there at the beginning in this one. And that's really what got people so cold last year, was having to be in at yeah. all fours. Like, I remember videos of people swimming through it. <laughs> oh, my goodness. And it was hilarious. 
Um, but yeah, so, but to, to echo again on last year's course though, uh, this is the one that Kent won and a lot of people were talking yeah. about last year and yeah, people expected him to, to come back again. And I mean, he had a strong race, but the failed Z wall, I think really impacted him and he just couldn't come back from that. And, you know, also I think if I'm not mistaken, this was VJ's first big podium last year. I, yes, I think he I took third. That too. Um, yep. And that's uh, maybe this is just a good venue for those two guys. Maybe this is something that like I mean, they've done very well here in the past. Um, it's it's just really cool to see that kind of competition here. And it, I said something at the beginning of the season. I said, you know, we're going to see a lot of changing hands and different people taking over <laughs> different roles here if we're going to um, have the point series kind of with the new point series brackets that we have. And I, we're starting I to see that. Say I'm pretty happy. Yeah, I'm happy with the fact that it's, you know, it's still anybody's game. It's mixing in, you know, each Anybody week can have a bad day. Good. Yep. Anybody can have a real then, bad day. Yep. And then before we move on from that race, let's talk about the women's side. Lindsay Webster Lindsay's came out. Coming back and out. Dominated. It was almost a mirror race to, to Ryan. Really similar. Um, it's like they're Nicole married. also... I know who to thunk it. Right. <laughs> Nicole failed an obstacle, um, bumping her down. And then, um, you know, Lindsay took the lead and she held on strong. And what was cool is that as she had her lead, you know, I think it would be natural in the lead. Now, I can't speak from personal experience, but I would imagine if you're in the lead like that, it'd be easy to kind of settle into a more comfortable pace. Um, and then, you know, catch yourself in trouble getting caught. But Lindsay just like surged ahead and never looked back and just kept going and widening that gap bigger and bigger. And I think towards the end, it was like over four minutes she ended up getting. Yeah. Yeah. She put a big gap on her. Kind of like that first gap that Nicole put on everybody there. Yeah. In Jacksonville. Yep. This was, this was, uh, Lindsay, you know, kind of shooting back. And so she, she had a very comfortable, secure first place. Nicole settled into a comfortable second place, and then the battle came in, you know, in the, in the next chunk of women. We had Rhea, you had Faye, Rose, um, Alyssa. and Alyssa, all kind of battling it all out there and, you know, through different failed obstacles and, and whatnot. Um, you know, Rhea ended up coming out and taking that third spot. So It's really good to see Rhea back up on that podium. Um, Agreed. She's kind of had a, a rough end of the last season and, and beginning of this season so far, but it looks like she's she's coming back now. Yep. I, it's going to be interesting here now, kind of, it, it, once again, when, once we start looking at some of these other mountain courses, something, and I don't say mountain, but the first three legs of this national series have been relatively flat. Yeah, faster courses, and we've got two more coming that are going to be, Climbs. you know, much more and um, a, a different a different terrain. So we'll Big Bear is not an easy coming. course, and neither is Park City. Yeah, we'll see how that shakes things up. But both sides, the men and the women, I think, you know, it's it's still anybody's game. So it's it's fun to watch. It's it's really exciting. I'm excited to see what happens now at Big Bear because it's such just a different venue than everything else we've looked at. It's just it's gonna be really yeah. really different. Yep. So, can, so then, then there was also okay. City Field where you went to. I was at City Field doing my first 
well, everybody's first stadium race, but my first stadium. Um, and, you know, I'm not going to lie, I was a little nervous going into it. Um, you the know, fast? whenever I, yeah, whenever I would tell anybody I was doing the stadiums, I would hear one of two things. Oh, those are fast or ugh, stairs. Yeah, <laughs> so, stairs. Those are the two comments I heard the most. And, um, you know, I, I felt good going into it. Um, I, I raced really well, um, from a, you know, not from just from the racing perspective, the stairs, the running, I did really well on them. I was, I was quite pleased with, with, with all that. Um, I failed my spear, which up until that point I was leading my pack and I failed it and several of the other women did not. So that, that totally crushed me. Pulled you back a little bit. Yeah, and then the other two time suckers for me um, were just being too slow on the weighted jump rope. That was the first time I had ever seen that or touched one. They're heavy. Um, they're heavy, and I kind of knocked myself in the head a couple times. Oh, <laughs> so it, it was a little rough. And then the other one was the assault bike, which I have no excuse for because my gym has one. Um I need to get my butt on there more often. So, you know, those those three things kind of slowed me down and took me out of the top ten, which, you know, was what my goal was. But um, I'll be prepared next time. So. All right, well, get on that bike. Yeah, oh, for sure. So, so the, the, elite the race field. Was, yeah, so the elite field, um, the men lined up. We were a little bit delayed because it was raining. Yep. And uh, the men lined up. And, you know, the, the typical people I expected to see were there. Um, Isaiah, Isaiah was there. Bracken was there. Matt Kempson uh, was there. Kempson. Benny Gifford. Yep. Um, one face that I did not expect to see um, that showed up was John Yasko. Really? Yasko was there? Yasko was there. But I'm curious. I don't know what happened to him because he's not in the final result list. Interesting. But I watched him take off with the first pack of men. So I'm not really sure what happened. Interesting. We'll have to follow um, up and see a yeah, story on that. He was there. Um, so, yeah. But the men's field, um, I wasn't able to, to watch the race. I could hear the announcers as I was getting ready to get in the crowd. And it sounded like Isaiah pretty much dominated the entire time that's that sounds about right isaiah's done really well in these in these short burst competitions like this and it's it's he's found a good home here yeah yeah for sure so he ended up taking the win um and then matt kempson got second and bracken got third um but it was a fast fast course um, the women's side, Orla took first by a pretty hefty margin. It yep. Like. Yep. Orla, then um, Cassidy. Yep. And uh, no, Cassandra. Oh, Cassandra. Cassidy oh, Cassandra. wasn't there. That's I'm right. Hearing Cassidy Cassidy wasn't there. Not racing this year. Yep. And oh, then okay, uh, Tiffany Palmer took third. That was it. That was it. Sorry, my mistake there. <laughs> yep. Yep. So uh, it was good. I'm I'm excited for the for the next race. I think the next one is in D.C. next month. Okay. Uh, so we'll see how that goes, and you better believe my butt is going to be on that assault bike between now and then. Good deal. And so, then additionally, yeah. we also had um, the Lake Lannister, Georgia, 
which was actually yeah, the one so, that was close to you, actually. <laughs> yeah, so that was very frustrating for me because this weekend was like the hotbed in Atlanta. We had three races within like 30 minutes of each other. We had the Ragnar Trail Race, um, Warrior Dash, and um, Spartan, Lake Lanier Sprint. So um, it doesn't – yeah, I don't have those results in front of me, but – you know, not being part of a, a series, you know, national series race like the other two were. I can't imagine the field being that deep down here. Um, but that's a fun venue. I've raced there before, and, and I, I'm a fan. You know, I really like that lake venue setting that they've got there for um, the race down there, the sprint that they had this weekend. It's a cool-looking venue. Um, it's fun. It's, it's a lake, and they, they do a really good job. You guys go in and out uh, on the docks, don't you? We do. We last year when That's I did fun. it, there was the sandbag carry on the dock. That's just cool. Um, which was kind of cool, and the pictures were awesome from that. So, but yeah, they take us on the dock. They they run us in and out of the water. Um, it's like part of it has some sand that we run through, and then there's also like rocks, and it's a it's a fun venue. I like it. Absolutely, yeah. I'm, it's on my list of things to do eventually. If one of these days I decide to stop running so many miles. <laughs> <laughs> so you know it was definitely a, a, a packed weekend lots of fun racing I'm, I'm excited to be you know in the heat of the season um but one one thing i, I do wanted to, to ask you your opinion on though all right in watching in watching that live feed you know we have a little discussion here before before ending it so what was very noticeable for me in watching that spartan recap the men's elite takes off. Yep. And 15 minutes later, the women's elite takes off. Yep. Within one and a half miles, less than two miles into the race, the women's elite leaders are catching and kicking the men. Oh, my God. We're going here. We're going here. We're going here. You know, I think it's a, a discussion that – I would like to have a further discussion that, you know, we've talked about it to, you know, have one of our roundtable discussions on elite versus age groupers. But, you know, what? (laughs) I don't want to open that can of worms today. No, no, no. Like, I'm I'm interested. I'm always happy to throw my opinions out. And this is, um, so I've been running, I've been running Spartan now for, this is going on my seventh year, I think now. Yeah, seventh year running Spartan. And there has never been a criteria in for elite. And actually, okay, so the, if there's two big things in the past week that have came up in the OCR community online in the forums, because let's be honest, that's the closest I can get to the community right now since I'm just plowing miles, <laughs> is watching these keyboard warriors go at it. Uh, but the two big things this weekend were, one, what's qualified in box jumps at a stadium race? And there was the question of, is it a box jump or is it a step up? Well, it's, it's a box jump. It's defined as a box jump. A jump, it's traditionally, you know, you jump off the ground and jump onto a box. That's the concept yep. of it. It's kind of the namesake. Anyway, there's a lot of question on what was defined by that. Um, continuing on, though, another big question was on, um, oh, it was actually talking to Kevin Donahue. Mm-hmm. And somebody. I did. I saw that post. It, it got ugly. But, you know, before we even hash into that, because I think that's a a bigger discussion that I want to have, what are your thoughts on the men and the women's start times? Let's just start there. 
I think it, I, I don't think you'd have that issue if you had a line in the sand on what qualified you as an elite athlete. I, I think you would still see it, but it would be something more to the end of like, um, like maybe seven miles into the race. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. I think that, you know, that's, that's one way of solving the problem. I, I think there's, you know, there's, there's no denying a, a, a woman's leaving race is much different than a man leaving the race. You know, you know the women, you're watching them navigate through these extra, call them obstacles, of people yep. in their way the whole race from a mile in. You know, but if we want to go there, Leah, like when the first race that I did last season, which was the um, uh, the the San Jose Super, right? Mm-hmm. Within the first three-fourths of a mile, I was catching the women. Hmm. That was the women's I mean, yeah, and I was an age group. Yep. And I was an age group. They were in, they were in elite, and they were doing burpees on the hurdles. Oy. I mean, that's just, it's just a thing. And it's, that's my right. whole point is we need some level of standardization. So somebody was going on, and I, I want to bring this out here, though, because they were calling out Kevin Donahue, like, in, in a matter of ways to say he was sandbagging. And right. the thing was, okay, so Kevin Donahue ran elite for a little while. Then they came out mm-hmm. with the Masters elite. Guess what? He's in the Masters class. So he gets yep. to take in that Masters elite. When we had Masters elite, then they broke that out. And, put that and in. he was pretty dominating in that field. Yeah, yeah, he crushed it. He crushed the Masters Elite. Him and uh, yep. uh, Jazz um, went back and forth a ton on that Masters podium in, in their area. Yep. And then suddenly they did away with the Masters Elite, and then they went to just uh, the age groups. And they, yep. were, I, I saw it all last year, people talking about how... Oh, yeah. Like these people are coming back and people would probably, I've heard people tell me before, like, well, why are you running age group? You should be elite. I'm like, well, depends on the race. Yep. Yeah. Um, I mean, this is definitely a topic of, of hot debate. You know, what makes somebody a pro versus what makes somebody a, a, an age group? And, you know, how do you determine when you're registering for a race, how do you make that decision and where you go? So, so how do you how do you feel it should line out? Me personally? Yeah, you. It's our podcast. Well, <laughs> what do you think? Well, okay. My personal opinion is well, first of all, if you've ever stood on a podium and earned a you know, if you've earned an elite podium spot, then you need to be in the elite wave. Okay. Um, that's kind of within within what how long? I don't know. Within the past year, I mean, obviously, if you okay. won something like three years ago, you know, obviously, I'm not going to hold you to that same level. But within the yep. past year, if you have found yourself with that block or that big check or that whatever you want to call it, then yep. you're an elite racer. Um, okay. So yeah, I That's would fair. I would start there. But I think from a blanket, you know, a blanket thing, I think that there should be some qualifications. But barring no qualifications, I would say. You know, if you're the kind of athlete that can consistently end a race in the top 10 of an elite field, that's where you belong. That's fair. That's that's a really good standpoint. Um, toughest overseas. They've got a really interesting it's, – it's still vague. I think they've changed it a little bit lately. But at one time, it was – there were three things that you could do to get into a toughest elite wave. 
you either had to have a notable finish in a toughest race. Mm-hmm. So like they consider that like top 10. Right. You had top finishes in other notable series and you had to contact them about that. Yeah. So, you know, if you're a decent Spartan race athlete, you want to go over and do one, you contact them, cool, you're in. Or you have a sub 38 minute 5K, a 10K. Which is fast. <laughs> it's, it's quick. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. You're moving. Yeah. I mean, I've done it. It's been a while, but I've done it. Yeah. And it's, um, you know, it ain't easy. No. Well, I mean, and personally speaking, that's how it should be. And I think that that's the but here's the thing. step for our at, sport. At this moment, the only thing, and this, this is a point that I brought up in that conversation, was the only thing that qualifies people in, to get into that elite wave is an additional $30 charge. Oh, sure. And that's the only thing. Well, and you hear it all the that's, time. People saying, oh, I want to race early so I can be done early. I want a clean field. I want to, you know, whatever. And, you know, at this point, they're not breaking any rules. I mean, sure, they've got $30 well, they just like it. anybody else. But when you watch the race happen and you're talking about these single track, super technical little sections oh, yeah. where these women are playing ping pong, you know, trying to get around these men. Now, for the most part, you could see a lot of them would scoot over and let them run through, which is a polite thing to do. But you shouldn't even have to be to that point. I mean, screaming, on your left, on your left, on your left, the whole time while you're racing. like. That's- and see, at that point, they started putting in... We were having that same issue back in the day at um, Killington. Mm-hmm. So that men's elite wave in Killington, where they'd have the championship, it would always sell out every yep. single time. Yep. And people were on wait lists. They were trying to get in there. They were fighting. They, well, I know a guy at Spartan HQ that I can, I can message and maybe get us in or right. this or that or just try and jump in, in the wave or something. And now they're like, okay, they finally went with a qualification system. We are like, finally. But now we're finally getting to a point where we need a qualification system even for that elite wave, I would say. I would. Um, I definitely agree. And I think that that's definitely a topic that I want to bring some people on here and, you know, kind of talk about. Hash out. Yeah, for sure. And see, this is this is me again. So I know right now the way that I've been competing age group. I feel good in age group. I would feel comfortable in age group, whatever race I'm going to, to be in age group. Mm-hmm. But let's talk about something like ultra. Yeah, it's a totally different can of worms. Whole different ball game. So actually today, I was looking over the times from last year's New Jersey Ultra. Mm-hmm. And it was one of those things, like, I'm trying to figure out, okay, I've heard this guy's going and this guy's going. Kind of getting a ballpark. I've done it before. Um, not as the Ultra with the Ultra Loop and everything. But I finished two years ago, not even training for Ultras. Top 20-ish, I believe. Mm-hmm. And I was like, should I do age group in this or should I go elite? And then I was comparing the times in age group podiums versus elite podiums. And Mm -hmm. realistically, I eventually made the decision for myself that I felt I needed to be an elite. Um, Mm -hmm. But what does the question is, what does that finish in elite versus a podium in age group really mean to people? It's I mean, there's just so many factors. Oh, for sure. And that comes down. And no. Right. You know, why are you racing and what are you hoping to get out of this? You know, are you wanting to push yourself and race against the best and see where you fall? Or are you just looking to hopefully get a piece of extra metal around your neck may or may not be your best race. I don't know. You know, and that's, that's an individual decision, yep. but I, I would definitely be a proponent 
you know, be an advocate of let's get some some criteria. You know, it's, I think it's different when you're Agreed. talking about people who are at that middle bubble, you know, where they can kind of go either way versus these people that, you know, can't even maintain a sub 10 minute mile within the first mile, the first mile of a race yep. and are getting passed. So, you know, there's a big difference there. So here's another question then on top of that, if we want to talk about qualifications and standards, should the qualification for a stadium race be different from that of an ultra? I think it should. Yeah, I would agree. I, I would agree. agree. An ultra is just a totally different ball of wax. You know, I'm disappointed, you know, and disappointed for you that there's not an ultra series going on now with Spartan. I think they missed the boat with that one. I think we might see it here within the next year. I can't believe I'll say this though. I can't believe we don't have a series and they're having an ultra world championship for the third. I would that's, agree. that's the weirdest part. I agree. How can you have a championship if you don't part. even have a series leading up to it? I, I think yeah. I really thought they were coming out with it this year and I'm, I'm more surprised that they haven't. So as long as it took for them to announce the stadium series, I'm, I guess I'm not that surprised. Hopefully next year they'll kind of be you know more on top of things. Yeah. I would love to see to, to make ultra running like a, a viable thing here within the sport. It, here's the thing. It's like, we've got now even a trail. We've got trail right? races now, which, um, which also happened this weekend. Really fast times on that. Uh, kudos to everybody doing that. Bill actually did it. And I think it took seventh oh, place. Actually, Came I in right behind that Steve Hammond. Going on. That was the first one of the year or no. Yep, yep, he did the one out there, and he did that in Seattle and came in right behind our, our old boy Trailmaster Hammond, Steve Hammond. Oh, good job, though, Steve. Um, yep, yep, good job, good running. Bill likes that trail running. Yep. Um, but it's like we've got all these other things, and we can't even really no. make a series for ultras. And yep. we, we'll, But we'll have a world championship right. for it. <laughs> well, we'll cross our fingers for 2020. I think I think it'll come. I think the wisest thing that they could do, Spartan, and if anybody there's listening right now, we could have a series for ultras as well as an ultra pass to make it easier for these guys to get into these races. I would agree because it is expensive so and smart to register for an ultra. I mean, I've got a season pass right now, and still additionally on my pass, it was like $200. Right, and season passes aren't cheap. So you're talking, you know, nope. like $1,000 for a pass plus 200 per race, you know, two yep. of five series or however many they would have you know you're looking at a couple thousand dollars so yeah i'm not even talking travel right or supplies and all that so let's let's do something about that spartan absolutely well i guess we can make it a little bit shorter one this week yeah yeah i think i think we've out covered it and opened a little bit of some some can of worms here and I think that, you know, it'd be a good topic to get some feedback from our listeners on. And, you know, I, I want to talk about this topic again with some, some roundtable discussion. So if you want to join our roundtable or you think someone um, you think you'd want to hear from someone, would be good. Um, you know, let us drop us a line. Yeah, let us know who you want to hear in this discussion. Uh, let us know if you have any opinions about it. Uh, reply either on the Brociar um, social medias, myself. Uh, OCR Leah or Jacob with uh, Brosecker and you know let us know absolutely we're, we're always open to other ideas other people jumping in and having some fun and, you know and really rolling this thing around but I mean if you're coming in to talk shop 
Make sure you know your figures, just like Shark Tank. True story. <laughs> True story. All right, well, I think that um, does just about does it for us. Any shout outs or anything from you? Uh, no. Um, bought my first pair of Gooder sunglasses. We're going to see what all this hype's oh, about. Oh, you're going to love them. They're so, so Gooder. I love them. They should be they should be in later this week for me, and I think that's really it right now. Um, also shared on my page, um, Human Octane's got their pants. They're coming out on a limited edition run right now. They're actually going to make them again. Well, that'd be so, good. I'd like to get my hands um, on a pair of them. Yeah, they're they're going to be really nice. So check out the Kickstarter campaign. I, we've got it linked a few different places. Check it out, guys. And until then, we'll see you next week. Bye. Have a great week. This has been the Bro CR Supercast, powered by Bro CR Media. A big thank you to all of our sponsors and viewers like you. Thank you.